What's up, everybody? It is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, and it is Monday. You know what that means. We're talking some Bengals headline news. We're talking some NFL headline news, AFC North news. Happy to have all of you with uh, with me here. I'm Anthony Cazenza. Happy Monday to all of you. I apologize to some of you who may have thought we were going on a little early. All plans were to do so. Had some personal, uh, I don't know if it was an emergency, but personal items that needed to be tended to last minute. So we're going on a little later than expected, but still glad you're able to make the show. Apologize for the, the show mix up. And if you hear some noises in the background, it's because I'm having some work done at my house. So apologize for that in advance. If you hear some hammering or other stuff going on, that's this kind of stuff I've been tending to guys and gals. That's the, that's, that's how my Monday's going. I hope yours is going a little better than mine, but that's okay. We're, we're getting things dialed in at, at the home front here. And I hope all of you are off to a great week. And let's let's talk some Bengals. What do you say? This uh, this we're going to start here with some news that came across the wire on Monday. The Bengals have signed the majority of their draft picks, basically, guys. On day three, they signed seven. Their their seven NFL draft picks. Uh, so Tyler Shelvin and Deontay Smith, all these guys signed as of Monday, which is a, a good thing. No holdouts and all of that. Rookie minicamp was underway. We'll talk more about that in some sights and sounds from there. But basically, Cam Sample, Tyler Shelvin, Deontay Smith, Evan McPherson, Trey Hill, Chris Evans, and Wyatt Hubert, all of the day three guys are signed. So now remaining to be signed are uh, Jamar Chase, Jackson Carmen, and of course, Joseph Osai uh, doesn't really seem that there's going to be any, you know, issues with that here. There, there was a little bit of a length in time last year with players signing. So this is kind of a, a step in, a, in the right direction. So the Bengals will undoubtedly be, uh, they will undoubtedly be signing those guys pretty, pretty soon here. And we'll, we'll keep our eyes and ears open for that. But that's some news that was welcomed by Bengals fans on Monday. Some good news there. The majority of their draft picks are signed and ready to go. So you like to hear that. On a similar note, the Bengals at their rookie mini camp signed a couple of people, one of which is Trent Taylor, a guy who was invited to their rookie mini camp. Not really a rookie, but he's bounced around the league a little bit. And because of injuries and whatnot, he has uh, yet to find a true home, a guy who could provide special teams value, punt return value, slot receiver value. Bengals liked what they what they saw here. This is on CincyJungle.com. And Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network is relaying this. They are signing him. Uh, and, you know, they, they think that he could fit that, that Alex Erickson role, if you will. Um, we'll see if that if that actually takes place. But a good move by the Bengals. You know, I think a lot of people, common knowledge, kind of said, you know, uh, the Bengals wanted to maybe sign another wide receiver in the or draft another wide receiver rather, or maybe look at veteran free agency. Uh, they they obviously liked what Trent Taylor can give them. And you know that with the special teams value, Darren Simmons was pounding the table for a wide receiver that can help him out in that regard. And now all of a sudden, after losing three wide receivers in free agency this year, the Bengals are pretty stacked at wide receiver. Very young, a little inexperienced, but there's going to be a lot of competition uh, going forward here. 
you look at players, you know, what's the role going to be for Auden Tate? Um, probably wide receiver four at this point. Yeah. Does, does Taylor end up being one of those preseason training camp heroes that comes in and uh, was one of those undrafted guys or, you know, that we've seen the Bengals do or bring in kind of the, was it like the Dane Sonsenbachers and whatnot that come in here and, and impress on one of their last chances and ended up making the active roster? Sure. Hope so. Because if you know anything about Trent Taylor, it's kind of a cool story. I, I will show you this. I'm not going to play the video, but I want you all and I'll, I'll share the link with you too in the, in the live chats, but I came across, uh, it was a, a listener and a follower of mine on Twitter that uh, sent this to me. I, I, I'm not going to play it, but this is a really cool video. It's about six minutes. It's kind of a hype video, but it's called the rise of Trent Taylor on YouTube. It's got about 20,000 views, which is awesome. Um, and it was really about, you know, him being a 2020 comeback player of the year. He was a guy that impressed a lot of people when he was with San Francisco, including, uh, probably future Hall of Fame cornerback Richard Sherman. He was really impressed with Trent Taylor at their time together in San Francisco. Go check out. I'm gonna I'm gonna link this here and uh, put this in the live chat. But go check out that video. I thought it was pretty cool, and I'm I always like when my listeners and followers, you know, send me some stuff like that that I would maybe not have. I try and do a, some research on on Mondays and throughout the days beforehand for this show to pump up all kinds of different headlines and stories and stuff for you guys to digest. But uh, every once in a while, you guys help me out. And I love when people do work for me. So I'm going to put this in the live chats here. It is the rise of Trent Taylor kind of shows some clips, some interview clips and whatnot. Um, Pretty cool, pretty cool story. You got to hope that the kid uh, makes it somewhere because he's had a, a string of bad luck after impressing teams the past couple of years, but Trent Taylor is a signee of the Bengals. Now the Bengals also signed as of a few days ago, a couple of other guys to the team. Um, the it's a quarterback and tight end, Eric Dungy, who uh, they liked. And then Cheyenne O'Grady, Cheyenne O'Grady is a really, really intriguing player. Dungy 6'3", 226 is a first-year player. And this is on Bengals.com, by the way. A first-year player out of Syracuse. And then uh, O'Grady, a little shorter for tight end. I mean, 6'4", still a big guy. 6'4", 253, but went to Arkansas. And a guy who uh, has, has bounced around a little bit. He didn't sign with, with an NFL team, but he's going to be classified as a rookie. So a guy, they're bringing some more depth here at the tight end position are the Bengals. And, and those guys intrigued them there. So they did sign those guys uh as well some other interesting news in case you did not hear i'm going to be sharing some twitter stuff here this is mike hilton new Bengals cornerback coming from pittsburgh there was a yo yo nelson island let me holla at you about something and that was in regards this tweet says that uh, that was in regards to a report that Steven Nelson was drawing interest from the Cincinnati Bengals uh, as of recently. We don't know how recent that interest was. We don't know how deep that interest was, but the Bengals appeared even with, or it, maybe it was alongside some of these guys, but I mean, even after bringing the glut of defensive backs to the team through free agency, they are also kicking the tires on Steven Nelson to see what he can do. He's a talented guy and not talked about as kind of an elite corner, but a guy who's got some pretty good skills, pretty good scores as a cornerback. So, um, you know, that would be a very interesting dynamic, especially this whole deal about ringing in, 
you know, bringing in all guys that have played together at the college ranks and in the pros. You know, I, I, I almost wonder if it's kind of a little bit of a building, building team camaraderie type of thing. I don't know, but uh, just kind of doing so with, with guys that are free agents and whatnot. But at any rate, the Bengals had some interest in Steven Nelson. We don't know exactly where that has gone, but uh, that was interesting. And you had Mike Hilton joining in on the fund to try and recruit him to the group. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, going through some Bengals headlines, AFC North headlines, and NFL headlines on this Monday for the Bengals NFL Water Cooler Chat. If you're new to this show, we call it the Water Cooler Chat because in days of yore, so long ago, when you would go to offices and talk to people face-to-face, it would usually be on a little break around the water cooler where you are you got your little plastic cup of water and you, you pull the tab on the on the old sparklets machine or whatever brand of water you would have. And you'd talk about sports. You'd talk about life, all kinds of stuff. We're not doing the life chats. We're talking about sports and the Bengals on this episode. And we try and do this every Monday for you to get you caught up on news as it happens. So let's keep it rolling here. The Bengals preseason information, the schedule whatnot has been released. This is also courtesy of CincyJungle.com, the 2021 uh, preseason schedule. Tag-teamed the article by my usual co-host, John Sheeran and Jason Markham, who heads up Cincy Jungle. Here you go right here. Preseason schedule. Week one, they play Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the Bengals preseason TV network. And then, of course, at Washington, on the Bengals preseason network. And then you've got week three against Miami at home at four Eastern on CBS. So that'll be, uh, I think that's more of a nationally televised game there. And the final tune-up, we'll see what happens with Joe Burrow and if he's going to be able to, you know, if he's going to play in these games, if so, how much, how the rehab's going, all of that. You would hope that he maybe gets a little bit of time going forward here on, on, you know, in the Bengals preseason not only to you know show that he's his rehab has gone well knock some of that rust off but also the fact that they didn't really have a true training camp preseason at all as a rook as in his rookie year so you want all of that to kind of culminate and hopefully based on videos and everything that we've seen things are on track if not uh, ahead of schedule in terms of burrow's rehab so hopefully he'll get a little bit of time here nothing extensive but something to just kind of get get back into the game speed flow and then, of course, you can you can stream these live through the NFL and NFL Network apps, uh, tablets, PCs, you know. And then you've also got Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Roku, all that stuff, uh, where you can get those uh, NFL and NFL Network apps. So check it out. That's the Bengals preseason schedule again. Week one uh, at Tampa Bay. Week two at Washington. Week three home for Miami. And yes, the preseason is three weeks. In case you've been living under a rock. It is three weeks long instead of four weeks because there is an extra game at the end of the schedule of the regular season schedule. And so that that was the swap out. That was the, the trade-off there for players. Keeping it going here. I like this. I like the news of this one. This was one of my favorite picks. And I think there is a boomer bust factor and it's hard to say bust when you're talking about a fourth round pick, but I really like the upside of Deontay Smith, the Bengals fourth round pick offensive tackle, very athletic. Um, and, and a guy who just, you know, unfortunately 
there was just all kinds of weird circumstances for him. He was on and off the COVID list last year. I think he played in one game, you know, a guy that probably would, would have been a day two type of pick uh, if everything played out the way it, you know, in a normal year and he had played up to a level that people expect him to and have seen before. So this is, this is a guy I think could be a developmental player, a developmental starter for the Bengals down the road. But because of the COVID stuff, he had it and was in and out of the weight room and all that kind of stuff last year. He was below 300 pounds, and now he has put on a lot of weight, and hopefully it's good weight. Uh, and this is by Patrick Judas on CincyJungle.com via Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. For, and Jeff writes, fourth round uh, tackled Deontay Smith of East Carolina continues to put on weight, and it is about 311 pounds. That's after being at 283 pounds for the Pirates opener and in the mid-290s at the Senior Bowl. They love that because his 6'5 frame with 36-inch arms has plenty to fill out. So it sounds like it's good weight, and it's intentional that he is gaining this kind of weight. But, I mean, if you look at that, that's – I mean – it's like what 30 pounds or so is it 27 pounds, something like that. So uh, I'm not good at math though. So if I'm wrong, feel free to laugh at me. However, that's a big deal. That's a big deal from 283 mid 290s at the senior bowl, all the way up to 311. And uh, I like that band 311 too, by the way, but 311 is a good number for him. And, and hopefully he it's good weight and he can maintain some of that athleticism and movement at a heavier weight, uh, bulking up for the pro level, but good stuff. And that's one of the things that came out of rookie minicamp um, this past weekend. Cruising, cruising along, cruising along here. A lot of talk about the Bengals' schedule and how many wins, losses they could get, how tough is the schedule. Well, one of the things we know is the Bengals are basically, depending on who you ask, which specific data you use and metrics you use, the Bengals' schedule overall in terms of strength of opponents' win-loss records from last year, Bengals are in kind of that top five of toughest overall schedules by that kind of scope. However, uh, Nathan Begley of CincyJungle.com says the, um, the Cincinnati Bengals' schedule is among the easiest for traveling. So that is kind of a weird metric, but it does it's something that's not really – overly looked at, but it is a factor when you're talking about, you know, going all the way to West Coast, coming back East Coast, you go West Coast again, or what have you, you're bouncing around short weeks. That's the other thing, you know, the, the Thursday night thing. Um, the Thursday night game is is at home, so they're not, you know, they're not going to be traveling then. So that's, that's good here. This is from Brian Burke at ESPN. This is um, the, the graphic here. If you look at the least net travel miles for the 2021 season. The Bengals have the fourth least travel miles, uh, a, a, a bit above 4,000 there, it looks like, based on the graphic. So that's good news. You see the 49ers well above 6,000. Uh, they have the most net travel miles. So they are going from West Coast, likely to East. I haven't really looked too much at their schedule, but they are going to Cincinnati. Um, so, I mean, that's one of their trips they have to take. And, you know, you look at some of the other NFC teams there. The Buccaneers got a really easy schedule in terms of that same strength of win-loss record by opponents last year. However, they have the fourth most net travel miles per Brian Burke of ESPN. So interesting data there. Hopefully that means that the Bengals will be – 
you know, the, the travel is, is tough and, but hopefully that this translates to the fact of, you know, less jet lag and let, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it does take a grind. And that is a big factor too, by the way, with one additional game on the schedule, you know, a lot of guys, this, the Bengals are still a pretty young team, but they're about middle of the pack in terms of median age of their overall roster at this point in time. But, you know, when, when you've got players on your team that have been in the league for a couple of years, they're used to the 16 game schedule. You now add, even if, even though it's just one game, that's still an extra grind. It's still a physical toll, you know, and then you've got the travel on top of that. It's, it's a good thing that in a transitional year where you have the extra game, the Bengals are traveling less miles than a lot of other teams. That's a, that's a good thing. So we'll see. We'll see that. Yeah. Mark Fry here better. Yeah. No England games this year. Hey, we love our, we love our, our fans and our Bengals brethren over across the pond in the UK, but uh, traveling. And for, for me watching that a lot of times, it's like six in the morning for me out in California to, or seven in the morning or something to catch a game sometimes. But I, one of these days when the Bengals go back to England, I, it is a goal of mine personally to go out there and, and check it out. I think it's an experience, a bucket list kind of experience thing. So at uh, editing rate, uh, Brian and Iowa always bring in the comedy. Loss of travel miles could cost Burrow his, quote, elite status. Um, yeah, maybe he won't be flying business class anymore or something. I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see. I wanted to bring this up. This was just a fun one. And we tweeted this out on our Twitter account at Bengals OBI. Go give us a follow if you would be so kind. I'm not going to play this one either, but it is a video on YouTube. It is by Vice. The birth of wide receiver divas, the dark side of football. It is a 46, almost 47 minute episode. I've watched a, a bit of it. There are a lot of cameos from Bang. Marvin Lewis is in this thing. TJ Hushmanzad is in this thing. Chad Johnson is a major focal point of this, of this thing, but you also see um, like uh, who was it? Dennis Northcutt, I think was in there. Plaxico Burris, um, you know, Braylon Edwards, all these guys were in there kind of talking about the position and, and how they approach it, their attitude as, you know, uh, pretty good players in the league. And, and, you know, there's a lot of talk of obviously I'm always open and all that kind of stuff. So very interesting and very fun episode, pretty, pretty uncut in terms of, uh, some of the language and all that stuff. So maybe don't, maybe, uh, keep it away from the, the little kids, or if you are at an office, keep it away there. But, Again, the birth of the wide receiver divas, the dark side of football by Vice. It's uh, I'll put the link in our live chats as well. Go check that out. It's pretty fun. It came out about a week ago, and um, I, I think I think a lot of you will find some enjoyment out of that, just because there's a lot of Bengals players. It does talk about kind of the unfortunate end. Uh, I haven't really got to that point yet, but it does talk about the unfortunate end to Chad Johnson's football career and some of the things that happened towards the later years of his NFL career. But uh, at any rate. You know, a, a very, very entertaining documentary show there, about 45 minutes long. Check it out. Keeping it rolling. And uh, you could probably hear a little bit of the uh, outside. I, the, the trash the trash can men are, are outside getting the trash. So uh, if that's a little loud, I apologize. At any rate, <laughs> got a lot going on in my house. Have you noticed that today? A lot going on in my house. I want to bring this and we're trying to get him back on the show to talk about this. Hopefully we'll do this maybe next, next Monday. Bengal Jim Foster, great guy, great advocate to the fans. Uh, he He's pr doing this really, really cool event. 
Jungle to the Hall on June 19th. We're just about a month out from it. Um, you can buy Hall of Fame tickets, the hotel, uh, tickets to the Hall of Fame. You get a tour and all that kind of stuff. Um, discounted Hall of Fame tickets. You have hotel pricing uh, out to Canton. There is an Eventbrite link. Um, and you can see here, there. this is kind of the deal. I'll share the actual Eventbrite. So maybe it's a little bit easier to read than the tweet. But a really cool event. I want Jim to come on to talk to us uh, about it. And it really is a way for Bengals fans to, you know, interact, get, if you've never been to the Hall of Fame, it's really cool. You could see here, you you get to go to Massillon, Washington High School, for uh, where it all started for Paul Brown, tour their Hall of Fame and indoor football facility. And then you've got the Hall of Fame rally in the event tent right next to the Hall of Fame. You get to go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's so really, really cool. And really what it's about is it's trying to kind of do a little rally to bring attention to Not a little rally. A lot of fans are actually involved in it. But uh, trying to bring attention to rightful Bengals who should be in the Hall of Fame, Bengals players. And uh, Bengal Jim, of course, one of the best fan advocates out there is, is spearheading this event. So we're going to try and get him on to talk more about that in the very near future here. But if you have not checked that out, get, go to the links, find out, you, you can follow, you know, find it on Twitter. He's a really prominent figure on Twitter. So you can find out more about that event. If there are still tickets available, I knew there were some left last we chatted about it, but uh, you know, I know it's filling up pretty fast. So check it out and go to that. I would go to it. If I didn't live where I live, uh, I would I would go to that, do a little pro, pro football Hall of Fame, hang out with some Bengals fans. What's wrong with that? That's sounds like a blast. The I, I just speaking of Bengal Jim, he put this tweet out too. We would be remiss if we did not bring this up, bring this to light. Uh, Chris Henry. His birthday is today on Monday, unfortunately passed way too soon. Um, you see here, you know, 119 receptions, 1,800 yards, and 21 touchdowns in his career for the Bengals. That's as basically a wide receiver three, wide receiver four at times with this team, battled some injuries and all kinds of different things. Um, and unfortunately, you know, his life came to a, an end too soon, but his birthday was uh, today. And so, uh, we celebrate him. One of the guys that, uh, a lot of Bengals fans from a lot of different generations remember because of his talent and kind of a, a bright star that was trying to, trying to get his life back on track. And unfortunately just, you know, a freak event happened and, um, you know, his life ended tragically. So happy birthday, Slim. We miss you, man. Uh, where do we want to go? Let's go here. Let's do this one. This one is sure to bring a chuckle like it did to me here. Tom Pelissero, the Patriots are signing veteran guard Alex Redman. Redman is only 26. Redman played in Cincinnati from 2018 through last year. I'd have to look if he, I know he was starting games in 2018. I got to go look again, but 2018 and he's only 26 years old. So, you know, and he's, he's started 24 games with the Bengals over those past handful of, of seasons, obviously penalties, other issues. Um, but you know, the, a lot of coaches and, or people around the Bengals at the time loved his tenacity and, and his ability in the run game. I think a, a lot of Bengals coaches 
felt that the run at the end of 2018 when Jeff Driscoll was in at quarterback and Joe Mixon really went on a tear. Alex Redmond kind of came in and, and they felt potentially stabilized the offensive line a bit at that point. So that's where uh, that's kind of where, why he stuck around for a little while longer, despite some of the ups and downs, but he is now going to the Patriots. He is now working with Bill Belichick there. So I don't know. Uh, Best of luck, I guess, to new England. I will say that another player that was connected. This is kind of transitioning a little bit into broader NFL news, but a player who was linked to the Cincinnati Bengals a little bit earlier this year before the draft and free agency, they brought Ryan Kerrigan in for a visit and chatted with him, but he that nothing materialized there. Then the Bengals went really heavy on defensive line in the draft. So Ryan Kerrigan announced that he is signing with the Philadelphia Eagles. So he is going there. The Bengals are not adding him as depth. So Kerrigan to Philadelphia after the Bengals showed some initial interest there. I'm sure kind of what how that played out. The Bengals were interested there, thought that they could, you know, make something work. They wanted to see what would transpire in the draft. Maybe they weren't able to get some of the players that they, they they were targeting on the defensive line or that they maybe they felt, you know, there's a potential that there would be runs on defensive linemen in the draft and they just wouldn't be a part of that. I don't know. But they wanted to see how the draft would play out first. Undoubtedly, Kerrigan kind of said thanks, but no thanks. But it still worked out that way just with another team. Uh, you know, everybody else kind of wanted to see where the dust settled after the draft. And then Kerrigan is off to Philadelphia. Transitioning to the AFC North, this is on BaltimoreRavens.com. Rashad Bateman, the first-round wide receiver of Baltimore, attended rookie minicamp recently, and he is, quote, as advertised in terms of his talent. So they are liking what they are seeing from Rashad Bateman. Um, Coach John Harbaugh, almost called him Jim, I didn't, uh, quote, impressions are very positive. He's a no-nonsense guy. He has a nice demeanor about him. He's a quick learner. He's everything we thought he would be in terms of athleticism, the skill set. That's usually the case, but not always the case. What you see is not always what you get. You don't know until you get them out there in really the first rookie minicamp. And I would say that he is as advertised from a talent standpoint, end quote, by John Harbaugh. So their rookie wide receiver, I know it's been an exciting one for uh, Bengals fans with Jamar Chase. Their rookie wide receiver, the Ravens, that is, is doing things to turn some heads at their rookie minicamp as well. So uh, you got to, I guess if you're a Ravens fan, you got to be pleased at that one. This is kind of just a broad article that I found on clevelandbrowns.com. Uh, basically the Browns have offered their full support to the city of Cleveland as it looks to take the next big steps in enhancing the connectivity between the downtown and the lakefront. So obviously there's going to be some sort of uh, synergy there with the team in the city and, and how they build that out, probably making it. And this comes out also right after the NFL draft and they put on a good event, a safe event. And uh, you know, it was pretty successful based on fighting some, some weather and obviously, you know, some, some, COVID protocols that they wanted to navigate for the NFL draft a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, I think they're going to try and build this out. It would seem as a, you know, kind of a mega thing downstairs and, uh, or, um, mega thing out 
in front of the stadium there and, you know, kind of make it a cool fan hub, if you will, at the lake lakefront. And, uh, the, the team is, the team is supportive of it. So it's also interesting. I, you know, I, I, I was interested in that article because, you know, there's kind of some interest. I, I don't know if interesting is the right word. I've said that word like three times in a row right now, but I, I there's some, storied history between the city of Cincinnati and the Bengals themselves based on stadium deals and all that kind of stuff that ice has seemed to have melted a little bit. And so uh, I, I think that that was kind of a, a, a parallel in terms of Cleveland and all of that and how they're working with the city. I don't know. Something I, something I found that I wanted to share with you all. Okay. Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers.com. Mike Tomlin, Quote, we're having a really good weekend in terms of the rookie minicamp. It is a video. I'm not going to play that one. But he is gushing about what his team looks like and uh, where they are headed despite a lot of different talking heads saying that the Pittsburgh Steelers will not be very good this year or they will have a regression year, that sort of thing. By the way, Tomlin, if I remember correctly, he signed a contract extension this offseason. So Pittsburgh's pretty committed to their coach here despite – some aging on the roster and all that kind of stuff and, and how things fell apart for them last year. But Mike Tomlin is throwing out some good vibes in terms of what he has seen from the rookies and in rookie minicamp. So take that for what you will. I think you're going to hear a lot about that from basically every team, every coach, that sort of thing. And that is, that's the the good news coming out of Pittsburgh, I guess. Joe Shelley's asking, Gino getting any interest anywhere? Will Cincy bring him back and put him with Reader and Shelvin? I last I had had heard they were going, the Bengals were looking at a potential reunion. And, you know, that just if the price worked out right, and obviously what happened in the draft and where Gino's health is at, I don't know if that's still part of the plan given the fact that the Bengals drafted four essentially defensive linemen slash edge players. I know Gino's on an edge, but they invested heavily along the defensive line in the past couple of off seasons and this year's draft. So I don't know that they will, that they will be having room for him. He might be a guy that, you know, continues to, to work and rehab out of that injury. And, you know, once unfortunate injuries in an inevitable injuries hit, in training camp, maybe that's a guy teams call. Maybe that's their first call. Maybe it's the Bengals. Maybe it's another team. I'm sure that the Bengals would be interested uh, in, in some sort of a reunion, especially if depth is tested and or some of these rookies aren't ready to play, that sort of thing. But as of now, nothing on the Geno front that I have seen. A couple more before we get on out of here. This is John Gruden coming to the defense of his his quarterback. Uh, Derek Carr doesn't get much credit for how good he's playing. And if that doesn't remind you of Marvin Lewis, Andy Dalton, and the whole rigmarole with that, I don't know what does. This is uh, – you've now got kind of – John Sheeran and I talked about this. You've kind of got Derek Carr now kind of becoming this odd – 
he's kind of the the dividing line or the the barometer of quarterback play. He's kind of that line that Dalton held as a starting quarterback for a long time in the NFL. You know, it's you know, is he good enough to win you a championship? Is it the rest of the team? That sort of thing. But uh, the quote, the direct quote from John Gruden via Pro Football Talk, Derek is very underestimated. He doesn't get much credit for how good he is playing, but he completes a lot of passes. He changes plays at the line of scrimmage. He's starting to make more and more plays with his legs now. We've put some pretty good players around Derek. I think it shows. He did have a career high, 4,103 uh, 4, yards passing last year and 27 touchdowns uh against just nine interceptions but the you know they're just not winning the big games they're not getting to the playoffs and uh, you know i there seems to be a little bit of a safety type of element to cars play so and and not he's kind of risk adverse a lot of times but this has to be one of those make or break years. He signed a big contract extension a couple of years ago. So this has to be one of those make or break type of years for him. All right. A couple more. The Broncos are hiring Kelly Klein as the executive director of football operations. So a high level ranking job. Uh, within the Broncos organization, and she is someone who has worked with the with Denver's general manager George Patton in Minnesota. So there's obviously a comfort level there in terms of you know how they how they run things. So she rose. This is a pretty cool story. Klein rose from public relations intern to manager of player personnel and college scout with the Vikings. Um, so she covered the Midwest region for the Vikings while also serving as the point person for all off-site scouts, handling scheduling and facilitation of pre-draft visits. So this is all on NFL.com. Uh, Statement from Patton, quote, Kelly is a rising star in the NFL, and we're fortunate to add someone of her caliber to the Denver Broncos. Having worked with her for nine years in Minnesota, Kelly has a strong understanding of all aspects of football operations and player evaluation, along with outstanding leadership qualities. She will be a tremendous resource with her experience on the pro and college sides, as well as her knowledge of our grading scale and football calendar. So congratulations to Kelly Klein on her new position with the Denver Broncos. Colts coach Frank Reich made a, he and the team made a huge move by acquiring Carson Wentz this offseason. Kind of transitioned from Philip Rivers into Carson Wentz here. So Frank Wright says, quote, I just cringe when I hear stuff like Carson Wentz is broken. The specific, the specific quote here, I just cringe when I hear stuff like that. Not that a player shouldn't be accountable for poor play on the field. Carson has to answer to that, and he has answered to it. And until you get out there and prove otherwise, that's what you live with. But I just know that playing the position of quarterback, there are so many factors that go into it. We talked about why the poor play last year. I'm just very confident that he has a team around him. I, it's just, I think, the culture fit. So it goes on and on there. But Col uh, Colts coach Frank Reich is coming to the, to the defense of Carson Wentz, and he is – pretty sure that he's going to get the best out of Carson Wentz and maybe, you know, a little bit different media market, uh, a little bit different setting, a little less pressure in terms of the media 
maybe that's going to do Carson Wentz some good. We'll see what kind of player they get out of that, out of that acquisition there. But I mean, the talent's there. It's just, you know, some poor decisions and other elements, I think that have gone into Carson Wentz, not being the same guy he was a couple of years ago, but that is going to just about do it. I want to remind folks about symbol S I M B U L L our partnership with them. You can go to simbull.app slash OBI. You get a $10 deposit bonus when you sign up using the promo code OBI, of course, for short for Orange or Black Insider. Sim Bangles value is not at $25 a share, but it has been fluctuating quite a bit. So hopefully some of you got in on this earlier and are able to make money because you can trade sports teams like stocks with Symbol. You can earn cash when your teams win. So you can invest in the Cincinnati Bengals if you like the, the direction that they are heading at this point. A lot of people do. You can invest in them and hopefully with success that would come this year, hopefully, you'd be able to, if you were so inclined to part with them, you can maybe make some money. It's a really cool way to add your sports betting repertoire, your fantasy football repertoire if you're into that. If you like playing the stock market in general, this is a cool little niche for you as well. So our thanks to Symbol. Again, that website is simbull.app slash OBI backslash OBI. You get the $10 deposit bonus when you sign up using the promo code OBI. Symbol trade sports teams like stocks because it is the stock market for sports. That's going to do it for the water cooler chat this week, folks. Appreciate you tuning in. Sorry it was a little later and we moved some things around, but we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you. If you're able to join us live, we love that. If you download it after the fact, we'll take that too. Whether it's our show, Orange is the New Black by Ace and Zim, or Chalk Talk by Matt Minnick, all are available on your favorite audio streaming platform, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of those. And then, of course, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Sub- subscribe to the audio platforms as well, so you get notified when all new material is out for you to digest. Appreciate everybody. Have a good rest of your week. We'll see you with a couple more episodes this week on this show and others on the channel. We'll talk to you soon.